Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. A warrior filled with wisdom ascends into the high place, and that's one of the things I'm going to talk about tonight, and releases regional breakthrough, bringing down the strongholds of the mighty. (laughs) So thank you, Lord. So about three years ago, the Lord gave me a dream, and it was like I was looking through a video, and it was me on the beach, and I did this dance move on the beach where I put my toe in and the water came by. But, <clears throat> and then I woke up and the Lord's like, I want you to uh, go to 12 different places and dance barefooted on the places and do intercession and take back the land and make a video of it. So I talked with Pastor Tom about it and we've started doing, doing it and going to some of the places. But in August, Spirit and Truth, we went to Wrightsville Beach Um, before sunrise so that it could be happening during sunrise. And we were worshiping and praying and prophesying. And I was like, Ron, I want you to to video that actual move as close as I could to the, the dream that the Lord gave me. So he did. And when he did, there was like flashes of light started coming across the video like angels. We believe they were angels. And we later counted and there were 17 of them and um i was sharing about that in intercession one morning and so jason sent me what the number 17 means and this is like really cool so to and it was one of the confirmations actually that i had for the victory teaching along with um Right after the Lord had told me about it, Bethel came out with their new CD, which was called Victory, and it's about worship warfare. And then also uh, part of Dutch Sheets, one of the things he says, which I'll be playing a little bit later. But So to write 17 in Hebrew, they wrote two Hebrew letters, Yod and Zayon. And the hand of spiritual weaponry, which gives us the victory. So 17 means victory, and it follows the number 16, which means love never fails. So it's emphasized that there is no ultimate victory without love. And some cool things about 17, adding all the numbers from 1 to 17 gives us 153, which is the number of fish that the disciples caught in John 21:11, because 153 is the numeric value of Beni Elohim, sons of God. We can see that there's a strong connection between the final victory and the manifestation of the sons of God. So the 17th mention of Abraham in Genesis 18.18 in connection with the final victory and purpose for his calling. And the 17th time Isaac is mentioned is in Genesis 24.63 where his bride is coming to meet him after Eleazar had found her. So Eleazar means God helps and is a type of Holy Spirit, the helper, who is sent to seek out a bride in the earth for Christ. When the bride of Christ comes to meet him, it is a time of great victory. So there's many others, and um, 
So Jeremiah records 17 prayers while the Babylonian army was surrounded, surrounding Jerusalem. The prophet redeems land in Anathoth for 17 shekels of silver. And Anathoth means answered prayer. So there's no more prayers in Jerusalem at, in Jeremiah as if to remind us that once we obtain the victory of answered prayer, no further prayer is needed. In Mark 5, 7, Jesus is mentioned the 17th time in that gospel where he is victorious over an unclean spirit. In Luke 5, 12, Jesus is victorious over leprosy. And in Romans 8, 35 through 39, there are 17 things that are unable to separate us from the love of Christ, which remind me of Pastor Tom's awesome sermon on Sunday about the importance of love. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall one tribulation, two distress, three persecution, four famine, five nakedness, six peril, seven sword, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that eight, death, nor nine, nor life, ten, nor angels, eleven, nor principalities, twelve, nor things present, thirteen, nor things to come, fourteen, nor powers, fifteen, nor height, sixteen, nor depth, depth and seventeen, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. His love is victorious over all of these. Love is the path to victory, and victory is not possible without the love of God. <laughs> so in Mark 14, in the Passion Bible, verses 3 through 9, it says... <clears throat> Now Jesus was in Bethany, in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as he was reclining at the table, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster jar. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus, and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the jar and poured out the precious oil over his head. Now in John 12:3, I wanted to read a little part that's kind of an addition to that scenario. Mary picked up an alabaster jar filled with nearly a liter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet, then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. So back to Mark. But some were highly indignant when they saw this, and they complained to one another, saying, What a total waste. It could have been sold for a great sum, and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Jesus said to them, Leave her alone. Why are you so critical of the woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness, for you will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing me for my, my body in advance of my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that in this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. 
So this breaking of the soul of man, represented by the alabaster jar, caused the precious ointment to flow out and fill the whole house with its fragrance. So our worship touches others. But Jesus emphasized in this passage that it ministered to him. And Jesus himself defended her. He says, wherever the gospel is told, this story of her beautiful, extravagant worship will be told. So we should minister to him first, and then others will benefit. Worship is for the sole purpose of the Lord and for the sole glory of God to do with as he will. In Judges 7, I'm going to just read some highlights about Gideon. So the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, There's still too many. So he makes a test and whittles them down to 300. And then the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. And then a man has a dream, an interpretation, and tells Gideon. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshiped before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horn, blow your horns too. All around the entire camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. It was just after midnight, after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horn and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their sword. Those who were not killed fled. So, God gets the glory, no pride or fear, only the humble who trust him. So, for all God needs is a few good men <laughs> whose hearts are right. So the torches were in the clay jars, and as the Israelites surrounded the enemy, when they broke the jars, then the torches could shine brightly. And when you compare that with the woman with the alabaster jar, when she breaks it, her extravagant love could shine brightly, and the perfume and the fragrance could fill the house. So also our earthen vessels are broken and brought into subjection through the Spirit of God. The torches of our spirit will be seen burning brightly in the darkness of this world. So a spiritual application could be as follows. 
Our pure, costly, extravagant worship ministers to Jesus. Others are affected by it. It's warfare. They all fought against each other, and the enemies that were not killed, they fled. And worship is the highest level of warfare because the Lord himself is fighting for you. Um, about at least 10 years ago, I'm not sure how long, the Lord showed me something through Psalm 149 about worship and warfare and dance, and it so impacted me that I got Psalm 149 on my license tag of my car. And in October, I was practicing this part one morning, and then I went, stood for life, and then on the way home, I went by the library. So I went in the library, and when I was walking back out in the parking lot to my car, there was a woman in the parking lot, and she was walking towards my car like a magnet was pulling her to my license tag. And so we met, like, right there, and I'm like, hi. And it was just like, soon as I did, I felt heaven open. And the anointing was there, and I was like, I can say anything to this woman. She's going to receive it. I just know. And so we just started talking. She's like, what does that mean? And so I was like, just started telling her about Psalm 149. And um, she told me that she was a victim of domestic violence. And I told her that I was too. And just to briefly say that this was before I was saved and before... I was married to my awesome, wonderful husband, Ron, but I was in an abusive relationship. And um, during that time, the Lord had started drawing me to him. Somebody gave me a Bible, and I'd started reading it. But um, so one time, he was actually he was choking me, and I know that I would have died because I was starting to pass out, and I just, like in my spirit, cried out, Lord, save me. And when I did... It's like he picked him up in the air and threw him across the room. He hit the wall, and I was able to run and get away. But um, And ever since then, I've just been just completely surrendered to the Lord. But anyway, so I was sharing with her, and we just had this awesome, beautiful time right there in the parking lot. And then when I got in the car, and I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. That was awesome. And then it just really hit me that he used... Psalm 149 to get it started and I was like right after I'd been practicing that this that morning so I felt like that was the Lord validating what this teaching is about but um so Psalm 149 verse 1 says praise the Lord <clears throat> and the next five verses show how with the word of God singing musical instruments and dance and so it's like four parts, and I think of it as like a, uh, like a pie. And God can do anything anytime, but his ultimate or best case scenario is when all four things are being utilized when the saints come together so the people can hear the word of God, they can sing and speak the word of God, and they can see it through the dance, and they can... You know, they're just getting what God's saying from every angle. And I know, like, how many Sundays we just, the, the sermon goes with the song said and the dance and the, you know, it's just like, wow, how God does that. But that's just 
the way that he likes to do it in the best case scenario. So the three verses following tell us the outcome, the definite supernatural results of our actions as our praise powerfully and adversely affects the enemy. So in Psalm 149, verse 7, it says, To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute the judgment written. In the Passion Bible, Psalm 149, Okay, starting in verse 6, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths, for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vengeance on every opposing force and every resistant power to bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment doom decreed against their enemies. And this is really good right here. This is the glorious honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So to vengeance, so the word vengeance is defined as a warrantable retribution and punishment in support of the love of justice. So justifiable payment for our God is a just God. And execute is an important word. It means to perform it, to carry it to complete effect, to produce effect. Therefore, our praises perform and carry to complete effect the warrantable retribution of God's vengeance and punishment upon the enemy. So... So God began to show me that it wasn't the dance itself that was so powerful, but it's the combination of its God-given attributes together with other powerful attributes of worship, which forms a force in the spiritual realm. And force means a strength, energy, and power, like an army of soldiers. So as the dance is executed, there is a force or an army of soldiers in the spirit, which make war in the heavenlies. So the gift of dance is a true spiritual weapon and a key to seeing God's power manifested in what may appear to be unlikely measures and people. <laughs> so some biblical examples are in Second Chronicles 20, which is awesome, and uh, Jehoshaphat prays to the Lord for help because a vast army is coming against them, and the strategy is to put the worshipers in front of the army. And as soon as they start to praise the Lord, then they get the complete and total victory and plunder. And then in Acts 16, Paul and Silas are in jail. So they're in a, having a really tough time. And instead of whining and complaining or getting mad at God, they start praising God. And not only do they get three free, everyone that hears them and around them and their families get free and saved. So, if Jim, if you could play the Dutch sheets 
for me, please, now? This was one of my confirmations. Actually, Pat sent this to me this winter. It's really awesome. So you will do this well, fearless in your struggle. So it goes on to say, this is now my brother writing, not, not the verse. All the prayers are now coming together. The prophetic words. Did I tell you the name of the book? Okay, so I want you to be able to order it if you want. It's called The New Era of Glory. The prophetic words and decrees of faith from long ago are coming together like a battering ram opening doors to a new season. They have prepared us to rise up and define this moment. Strategies of good warfare are providing pathways to victory after victory after victory. We are in a different era. I started calling this about a year ago a new era, not just a new season. It's too different to just say a new season. We are in a different era. We are not fighting the same battles we used to fight. We are fighting to engage in victories, not just survive. We are not in survival mode. We are in obtaining mode, and that must become our mindset. It's time to obtain the victories. This era is going to be marked by a church that is triumphant and moving in victory. The world has never seen anything quite like the New Testament church that's going to arise. Amen. The prayers, the all-nighters, the tears of intercession, the Lord says, are all coming together now. The identity of the New Testament church is entering a destiny change to represent Christ and His kingdom government as intended. We are now entering into a supernatural era, the most supernatural era that the kingdom of God has ever had on the earth. Amen. Now, I just want to pause for a second. Because you, you sort of, you, 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 need, you need to ask yourself, do I believe that? That's not a quote from Scripture. That's what he's saying. If you believe it, that is a profound statement. I believe it's the word of the Lord. I'm going to read it again. We are entering a supernatural era. The most supernatural era that the kingdom of God has ever had on the earth. We are pregnant with promises that are about to be birthed. This is the era of open doors for miracles and the completion of miracles that we've been standing for. We are moving into a miraculous movement moment. A movement that moves. Isn't it great? to believe we're, we're going to be a part of a movement that moves. You've been a part of a movement that didn't move?
It is now intersecting its moment. Yes. It is now intersecting its moment. End from the beginning. Time catches up. It is now intersecting its idios kairos. And that changes everything, he says. Okay, that's it, Jim. Thank you. So, do you believe? <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I'm waiting for it. I know. Yeah, thank you, Lord. So, Ephesians 2, 6. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. And Colossians 3, 1 through 4, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. In Passion Bible, Song of Songs 4.8, it says, Now you are ready, my bride, to come with me as we climb the highest peaks together. Come with me through the archway of trust. We will look down from the crest of the glistening mounts Mount Amana, Sinir, and Erman, and from the summit of our sublime sanctuary, together <coughs> we will wage war in the lion's den and the leopard's lair as they watch nightly for their prey. <coughs> so, Amana means integrity and truth, Sinir means the coat of mail, and Erman means destruction. <coughs> I think I need some water. <laughs> a coat of mail, like a knight in shining armor wears to protect him, which I'm actually going to go change into my coat of mail before worship time. <laughs> so, in integrity and through the revelation of the truth, covered with the whole armor of God and hidden in him who was manifest to destroy the enemy. We are exhorted to look and see that we are seated far above every power and principality because of the triumphant victory of Calvary. <clears throat> so in Passion Bible, Ephesians 6, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating 
in rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides, so you are protected as you confront the slanderer, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God and pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times and pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. So Psalm 18 is a beautiful picture of a warrior of God, of the overcomer. And God's desire for his beloved is to enter into spiritual warfare in the heavenlies and to totally subdue the enemy under our feet (laughs) as we learn to overcome through the blood of the Lamb. And in the Passion Bible, Psalm 18, this is verses 32 through 43. You have wrapped, this is David speaking to God. You have wrapped me in power, and now you've shared with me your perfection. Through you, I ascend to the highest peaks of your glory to stand in the heavenly places, strong and secure in you. You've trained me with the weapons of warfare worship. Now I'll descend into battle with power to chase and conquer my foes. You empower me for victory with your wraparound presence. Your power within makes me strong to subdue. And by stooping down in gentleness, you strengthen me and make me great. You've set me free from captivity, and now I'm standing complete, ready to fight some more. I caught up with my enemies and conquered them and didn't turn back until the war was won. I pinned them to the ground and broke them to pieces. I finished them once and for all. They're as good as dead. You've placed your armor upon me and defeated my enemies, making them bow low at my feet. You've made them all turn tail and run. For through you, I've destroyed them all. Forever silence. They'll never taunt me again. (laughs) They shouted for help, but no one dared to rescue them. They shouted to God, but he refused to answer them. So I pulverized them to powder and cast them to the wind. I swept them away like dirt on the floor. You gave me victory on every side. So Monday, I I just took the whole day to just be in the Lord's presence because um, it was 11-11, which is God's done 11-11 with me for many years. So it's just a special time with me. And um, I was just reading in my regular Bible reading plan for myself. And um, it just happened to be in First Samuel. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool because that was what I was talking about last week, about David being anointed and slaying the giant, and I was like, oh, that's, 
It's cool to read it again. <clears throat> but then when I got to um, verse 55, it said that the king asked Abner, the commander of his army. And when I read that, I, it just really popped out at me that Abner Suarez is coming this weekend for the encounter school. And I know that, I don't know if he was named after this Abner, but Alicia described him as a warrior. And I'm like, this, he's the commander of his army. And, <clears throat> and it says then, it says, Abner, whose son is this young man, meaning David? I really don't know, Abner declared. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. So I felt like, well, I just felt like the timing of all this was really significant and also the sequence of events. And when I first was going to do the victory teaching, it was going to be in October, and then because of schedule change, changed to November. So it was kind of like, okay, I get to be between General Costal and Abner Suarez. <laughs> you know, like feeling like the little David out in the field, you know. And uh, so I kind of felt like the, this is a word for me, but I also I really, really feel like it's a, it's a word for Global River Church. Um, the, in the grand scheme of things, we're like a David kind of church. We're not a mega big name church, but... But the Lord has got his eye on us. He loves us, and he knows us. And uh, we're a church after his own heart. So we are like a David church. And so I feel like the, when Abner comes, it's the king, Jesus, is going to be like, okay, who is this little David church? And he's going to have like a really special word for us. But I felt like also... First David's anointed, then he slays the giant, and then Abner notices him. So I felt like the purpose for the timing of this is because tonight God's going to do something really special. And uh, I feel like he's going to anoint us, and we're also going to slay our giants. We're going to have, everybody's going to have their own personal victory. And then it's kind of like a preparation for whatever our next phase is. And I, I did want to say that in January, I actually had an experience where I went to heaven, and um, many things happened, but one of them was that uh, I found out that Global River Church actually is already famous in heaven, that we are, and, he know, and they know us, so I know that we already are that church, that... Um, the cloud of witnesses are like, come on, man, we can't wait to see what's going to happen. So I'm excited, too. So we're going to transition into some worship time. So first we're going to have the team is going to come and do a dance to the song Shackles and uh, just to break everybody free. And then Jason and Sarah are going to come up and just start to worship. And they're going to have a, you know, it's going to just be a flow. So everybody would just please feel free to, to come up and, and to gather together and just really seek the Lord. And, and I feel like don't take this time lightly. This, is, this can be like a really special time with you and the Lord where it's kind of like a, a marking point in your life where just like he's done something so special that it's like never going to be the same after this. And um, 
we'll just see, you know, how the Lord leads as far as a corporate kind of thing. I know, like, um, to me, I feel like this is a greater depth than I had even imagined when I first thought of this. I thought of each person having their own personal victory, and I have a dream in the future that sometime we'll have enough people gathered that have the revelation of putting Psalm 149 into effect all together intentionally for the region. And I'm thinking that's going to happen someday <laughs> soon. I've, it's been a dream of mine for a while. But I just, I just really believe with all my heart, God's, like Dutch said, that new, that era, that switch is it's right there. It's the Kairos time. <laughs> okay, so that's it. <laughs> Show is hot out here. No, I don't mind though. I'm glad to be free. You know what I'm saying?
you got shackles on, like they're broken, just shake them off because this is going to be a time of engagement for all of us. It's not just going to be worship, but we're going to do intercession within it. Um, as I was praying about doing this set, um, and as Mary Esther asked me to do it, um, I'm like, all right, God, I, I really want to do this thing where we pray or we, we're worshiping, we're exalting God's name, and then we go into intercession. We are praying, we're praying the scriptures, and then we're going to go back into worship and kind of ebb, ebb and flow in and out. And the scriptures he gave me was uh, Psalm 107, verses 1 to 3, uh, Psalm 98, verses 1 to 3, and Psalm 67, verses 5 to 7. And you can read them, and you'll see there's a very strong theme throughout them. I did not look up these scriptures. I'm like, God, what do you want to, what do, you want to do? What scriptures? And that, those are the ones he gave me. So we're really going to be pray, like praising God for who he is, the loving kindness, and then also, um, also for the nation. So I'm just going to invite you guys to, to stand up, to go wherever you want in this, in this area, um, intercede, praying. We're not, just, we're not just praying, but we're declaring we are declaring the word of God. So get that into your heads because this is, it's going to be, this is a really significant time. Like I really believe what Mary Esther was called to do and bring this is, is very timely for just the time as this, for time as this. And I don't use that phrase lightly. Um, so I thank you, Mary Esther, and get ready. You want to say something? Amen. Or are you good? Okay. <laughs> been defeated and death couldn't hold you down we're gonna lift our voice in victory we're gonna make your praises loud the enemy's been defeated and death couldn't hold you down we're gonna lift our voice in victory we're gonna make our praises loud the enemy's been defeated and death couldn't hold you down we're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make your praises loud. Cause the enemy's been defeated and death couldn't hold you down. We're gonna lift our voice in victory. We're gonna make our praises loud. Shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Shout out to God with a voice of praise. Shout out to God with a voice of
King Jesus. All hail the Lord of heaven and earth. All hail King Jesus. All hail the Lord of heaven and earth. All hail King Jesus. All hail the Savior of the world. All hail the Savior of the world. Let's sing that again. All hail. Jim, could you put up that other, the next verse, Psalm 98? And now that you kind of have an idea of what we're doing here, just go for it. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Tell him the marvelous things he has done. Just declare them out, the things you've seen him do in your life. Declare out the marvelous, amazing, profound things he has done, is doing, and will do in your life. Thank you, Jesus. I've been redeemed. You have given me a new identity, Lord. You have brought me into your kingdom. You have made me a child of light. Whatever he is bringing to mind, just declare it out to give thanks. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the entire, all the nations. Lord, thank you. Reveal your righteousness, Lord, to every nation. Every nation. Reveal your righteousness, God. Convict them of their righteousness in you, God. You have made, you have created every single child, every single person on this earth is your child, Lord. That you would convict them of the righteousness you have put inside them and have called out in them. Thank you, Jesus. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. The people that he has chosen. He's remembered his steadfast love that he has set apart just for his people. We remind you of that, Lord. We know you haven't forgotten it. We call out the harvest of righteousness and justice that you expected to find from your people. And when you found only cries of injustice and unrighteousness, God, that you are turning the tide. You are bringing your people back to you to be the people of righteousness, to be the people of justice. That when you planted them, that is what you expected to come out of them, Lord. 
thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. And all hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. Just keep singing that. All hail King Jesus. We hail your name. All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. You are our King. All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. Let every knee, let every knee come bow before the King of Kings. Let every Confess that he is Lord, lift up your shout, let us join with all of heaven singing. Of a quote that I read recently, 
that says, Worship is not singing. It is your spirit communing with the heart of God. We're communicating to the heart of God. So if you're having a hard time bypassing your brain, bypassing your mind, engage your spirit. Engage your spirit to engage God. He gave you his spirit so that we would never be alone, so he could be true and faithful to his word, that he will never leave us or forsake us. So engage your spirit to engage the spirit of God. Jim, can you put up the last scripture? Let's embody this, these verses right here. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. That's that new era. That's the new era he was talking about. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. It's just the first step. Because there's so much more. There's so much more. To know God is endless. The elders and the angels, they stand around his throne and they bow before him. And every time they come up to look at him again, they see something new to worship him about. And they bow down again, worshiping him for that one aspect of his character. And they look up again and they see something new over and over and over and over again. 
truly knowable. There's no end to the depth of the well of knowing God. And I ask for everyone in here, everyone who will be here this weekend, for fresh words of revelation, fresh rima words, God, that bring transformation. Not just knowledge, but transformation, God. As we lift up your name, as we exalt your name, as we declare who you are, who you've made us to be. Let us see where the earth has yielded its increase, what you have caused to increase, God, and where you're calling us to partner with you to yield that increase. Every nation praise you, God. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that you are God, whether they like it or not. The demons already know and they don't like it. We declare you are God. You are the only God. Let the ends of the earth fear you and know you, God. Let's exalt him. Oh, 
because the waters are the sea. So Lord, I ask that your glory would permeate every single area, every single atom of this world, this planet, every life, Lord, as the waters cover the sea, as the waters are the sea, that your glory would fill it up, fill us up to overflowing, that when we go out, we engage and encounter people, your glory just Spills out of us. Just like that encounter Mary Esther had with that woman in the parking lot. That we would be in the most unsuspecting places and meet the most unsuspecting people. That your glory would gush out of us like a river of living water. And you promised to fill us up with that river, Lord. So we open up ourselves to be filled with your river, God. We open up our hearts open up our lives to be inconvenienced, to be distracted by you when really this whole world is a distraction and our gaze ought to be fixed solely on you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fix your eyes on him. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of your praise. He's worthy of you laying down your dignity, laying down your ego, laying down what you think you ought to be doing in this life. He has plans for every one of you. Far beyond you could think, dream, or imagine if you just say yes to him. Say yes to him. Just 
to be show us the truth show us with you you to make an intercession for victory for someone other than yourself right now there are so many needs the couple that's struggling in their marriage the couple who was here Sunday who gave their lives to Christ homeless battling through coming out of brokenness and lawlessness the family that's struggling with sickness and addictions God I pray right now for victory Lord, we're going to stand in the gap as watchmen on a wall right now in the name of Jesus for a city, for families who are broken, those who are tormented, those who are believing the lies of the enemy, who have got all sorts of struggles going on in their thought life. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name, raise up the watchmen, Lord. We need to see victory not just for a church, but for a city, for a region, for a state, for nations, God, right now. Lord, we lift up Israel. We stand on a watchman wall for Israel where missiles have been raining down all day. Those who want to see the destruction of your land, God, we make intercession right now for victory for Israel. God, we make intercession for our nation, for children who are confused with transgender confusion, identity issues, brokenness, suicide. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, those that are struggling, we stand in the gap. Lord, we stand in a gap for a nation. Lord, you said if this remnant of people would humble themselves and pray and seek your face and cry unto you, turn away from our own wickedness, you would be the one that would heal the land. This is not a fight against flesh and blood. This is a spirit fight. And God, we thank you right now. It says, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Last night on the phone call, we had three states connected for, with Abner praying for this city. We had Ohio. We had Alabama. We had North Carolina. Different cities all coming in one place. And there was a description of a gateway that would be open. God, I'm asking you to open the gate this weekend, God, for a region, for families, for cities. For those that are going to come that are in terrible need of sickness healing right now, in Jesus' name, God, we, we stand in this place. It says in Psalm 24, this is the generation of them that seek him, 
that seek his face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O ye everlasting doors. And let, let the King of glory come in. That he shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up ye heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, you everlasting doors, and let the King of glory come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Lord, we ask you to usher in this mighty move of your presence, Lord. So, Lord, we come and we ask that you would blow on this city, blow on this region, Lord. Let this gateway be open. We've been making intercession for months now. We're in the module right now praying for children, universities, schools. God, we are standing in the gap right now, and we're asking you to blow the winds of heaven. Let the heaven's armies come and let them march. Send them on assignment, God. We ask that you'd invite those who would come. Lord, as we encounter you this weekend, Lord, you encounter us. So now, Lord, we stand and we pray in victory for families, for marriages, for children, for healing, for deliverance. We give you thanks, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus. If there's any that are here tonight, you need any specific prayer, that you want someone to agree with, why don't you just come on up and we're just going to pray. And God, we thank you. We thank you. I pray for Abner and his team, the worship team coming from Alabama. Lord, the connection, the prophetic Paul Metcalf coming. Lord, I pray that you would put together what you want to do this weekend, God. We, sit, we stand in that place and say, come, Lord Jesus. We thank you now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Mary Esther, for the hearing the Lord. Thank you, Sarah and Jason, the dance team. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord.